You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and check us out online at beardedtheologians.com. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And uh, today we have some very special guests with us. We have uh, Pastors Katie and Chris Bishop with us. They serve in the Baltimore-Washington Conference. Katie, Chris, we're glad you guys are with us today. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, always a pleasure. Um, if you will, just tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where you serve, and, and that way our listeners can you know, begin, to, begin to know you. Yeah, right on. Um, so I... I serve a mobile ministry that the congregation's about 15, I think, coming up on 15 years old now. Um, I've been there for four years doing this, um, uh, what was what was kind of stated as like a, a church restart or a, you know, so a church restart of a 11-year-old congregation at the time. Um, and really missional, we get to, you know, we get to worship in a middle school as opposed to we have to, um, at least that's what I keep saying. And so um, that's a piece of it, but just fantastic folks um, and really, really life-giving, get to be out in the community a whole lot and um, pretty diverse, pretty diverse crowd. So um, yeah, it's, it's a, a place where, where folks who have been hurt by church can come and feel, feel at home and safe. So uh, that's a little bit about the, the congregation, but as far as when, we're, when I'm not working, uh, I like to just be outside biking, playing with the kids, um, you know, hike and run and stuff like that. And I serve a congregation in Brunswick, Maryland, and actually um, it's going to be a four-point charge. Um, I serve New Hope and Jefferson and Dobbs, Epworth, and then Sandy Hook. And uh, New Hope's the biggest church on the charge. That's my main campus. I'm, I'm the lead pastor of a three-person pastoral team over that. And um our goal is to really revitalize these smaller congregations by partnering them with New Hope, which is a vital and growing um, community of faith. And so um, we're trying church different and trying to figure out um, how we can bring life in new places and and what it means to be church in a changing community because the communities we serve all have this massive growth of new homes and new families and younger people and um, how we re kind of formulate church to make it make it work like that so it's we both serve in very exciting places um family oriented really um community centered Uh, about a third of our time in both of our appointments is intended to be on community outreach community connection and um that's a real honor to get to serve in those places yeah so um one of the reasons why i want to bring you all on the show is because um we got to meet um at relevance lead several years ago and uh you know, yeah. we've kind of stayed in connection through um, social media and stuff. And I know one of the things that you all are trying to do is trying to adopt a child out of Haiti. And um, I know um, that, that's such a huge spiritual undertaking. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we'd, I'd love to hear your story about that um, and, and kind of talk to us about where you all are at and, you know, kind of where you've been and, um, you know, just anything else you want to share um, in regards to that. But, you know, that's really what I'd love to hear. Uh, yeah. So. Our our process to, I mean, we had never set out to adopt a child. I mean, we were really thankful when we had Eden and we were really thankful when we had Bethany, but 
we really kind of felt like our family might be finished. And while at some point we had talked about fostering a child or, you know, working with the foster care system when our kids got a little bit older, um, it wasn't like adoption was something that we knew God was calling us to until we got ready to go on a mission trip to Haiti. And, and I went um, with the church that I serve. They go every year. And um, I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you just feel like God's going to do something to turn your life upside down. But like we were in that place as a family that like, I don't know what's going to happen, but something, something big is going to happen. And honestly, as pastors, we kind of thought, well, maybe we're going to get reappointed. You know, maybe, maybe it's time for a move. You know, we don't, we don't know. Um, And I got on the plane to go to Haiti. And the minute the plane took off, I knew this, this was part of what this crazy different thing was for our life. And poor Chris was here back with the kids. Um, actually they all got the stomach flu while yeah. I was gone. <laughs> so, so Katie came back from Haiti, amped, super excited, wants to have this big sit down conversation. And, um, and it was like, you know, I think God's going to move in a powerful way. And I'm like, man, I have been clean and barf for like the past five days. Can we just by myself we, yeah, while yeah. you've been away? So yeah. Can we, can we kind of slow the roll a little yeah. bit? Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was this kind of progressive kind of conversation of, um, you know, Katie really, really kind of had that call and that, that feel at first, you know, and then um, I was able to, to go kind of with partner trip. So um, Katie's New Hope congregation and my Faith Point congregation were able to go together to Haiti that next year. And, uh, and it was, it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, and we got to go up into the mountains of, of Haiti and see these people who are so generous, mm-hmm. so sweet, so compassionate, like just, I mean, you know, hearts bigger than you could you know ever imagine. And genuine, so genuine. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and so up on, up on those mountains kind of then that was the, the confirmation for me that this was a, a next step that, that was, was going to happen. Um, and so that, that kind of was the initial catalyst for it. But then um, the process we didn't realize would be so, well, we knew it would be long. But but there are half a million orphans in Haiti alone. And so we, I think we were really naive and just kind of thought, well, there are half a million orphans. We want one. How hard can, how hard can this be? Um, And it, and it is, and it's supposed to be hard because they're trying to make sure that these children are actually children who have a need and that there's no trafficking and, and we respect all that. And that the families that they're going to are safe and stable and loving and, and we get all of that. Um, But I, I think learning about the process of adoption and foster care for, for that matter has been very humbling for us and, and really empowering in our ministry. We don't, we didn't realize how many families in our communities had gone through this particular, you know, experience in their life and how struggle, how much of a struggle that was. So, you know, very interesting. Yeah. Well, you, well, you took the question, uh, are you, you guys have a ghost? <laughs> it's, it's our, it's our nine year old. She's letting the dog out. Ah, oh, perfect. That was wonderful. <laughs> um, no, that's uh, you guys answered the question I was going to ask. What is what is the process like, and and especially as as a clergy family, what what is the process like? And and so you guys kind of touched on that a little bit, because yeah. um, that's that's something Matt and I talk about a lot, just as clergy families, what it's like doing uh, doing what we do and introducing our family into uh, you know ministry and and that 
but I guess in the same regards, what's it, what's it like as a, as a family and a clergy family going through this process? We've been really blessed to have really supportive church communities. We call it the big God family. Our nine, our nine year old, even when she was little, used to call it that. And that's just kind of stuck the big God family. Um, and I think in some ways our vocation makes it easier because, um, you know, it's always for us a faith conversation. You know, this is something God is calling us to. It's very clear in our spiritual walk that this is something that God is doing in our life, a refining that God is doing in our life and a preparation that God is doing in our life. Um, and so we've kind of been able to witness that and experience that. Um, and our, our jobs are really flexible for the most part. So, you know, when we have to go and do fingerprinting on a Tuesday morning, you know, we can go down and yeah. do that. And that's not true for a whole bunch of people. A bunch of people would have to take off work and, and go to do that. Yeah. I mean, and I think that there's, there's a piece of this too, that, that for us, we find the power in the church community and we've, we've always been married. Like since we've been married, we've always been in different churches too. Um, And so our kids have always had at least two congregations that really love and care for them um, and broaden that out because, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with the diversity that needs to happen with some of the, the training and adopting a child from Haiti. And, you know, we, we, we are, we are very clearly going to be an adoptive family um, because our poor little children, if they get too close to the television, get sunburned, you know? Um, And, and so he'll have, you know, a darker skin and that'll, that'll look like so. But, but then we recognize and we've, we've told people like, we're going to have to lean on, you know, on you because you're going to have to, help us through X, Y, and Z, or tell us the things we don't know um, as we kind of learn, learn the ropes. And so having, having that community has been a really, I, I think, comforting thing, you know, going through it. And, you know, they've celebrated with the highs with us and they've cried with us in the lows and, um, and been there every step of the way. And we just hope that then, you know, when we put on our appointment forms, the fact that, you know, this will really screw up our home study if we have to move houses. Um, like it'll it'll cost a lot of money and it'll be a lot of time that the uh, that the DS and everybody listens. But otherwise, yeah. they've been they've been absolutely stellar. They have been, and we have been really blessed because we ran into a major um, heartbreak this past Christmas with our adoption. You know, we had we had raised all the money we needed. Uh, international adoption adoption period, but international adoption is very expensive. And we were looking at somewhere between $25,000 and $30,000. And quite honestly, we just didn't have that. Um, and that was part of the faith journey for us because too. Because pastors make bank. Yeah, we do all the time. Um, you know, but, but honestly, we just didn't have that. And so, you know, we say to people all the time at church, money is never a reason to say no. You know, I mean, we're always like, God's got to, you know, don't let money be the thing that holds you back. And we had to step out in faith and say that too, you know, that this cannot be the thing. This cannot be the reason that we aren't answering God's call. And God's people were so good to us and God was so faithful and we worked hard for it, you know, um, but we had raised all of our money and in the week before Christmas, yeah, always, right? not like we had anything going on. Um, we got an email from our old adoption agency that they were under a federal indictment and um, they lost their right to their ability to adopt children. They were debarred. Um, the state department launched this investigation. They were raided by the FBI. I mean, like 
I felt like we were in a made for a lifetime movie. Like it was yeah. just like awful and our money is gone. You know, all oh, we had raised $22,000 all gone yeah. and we're not getting it back. And you know, that was awful. I mean, it is awful. It's, it was very hard for us and it has been so humbling to be in that place of brokenness and to have our, our bishop praying for us and our district superintendent praying for us because um, we have two different district superintendents and, yeah. and of course and you know and these other pastors who are like our our pastors they you know they care for us and they encourage us and um, and then our faith communities you know every month I get a letter from one of my churches their United Methodist men has prayed for me, you know, prayed for our family that month. And the man who's prayed for us sends us a card and it's so beautiful. And I, I think for me as a pastor, sometimes you're always pouring that out. Um, and that's the way it should be. But sometimes it's such a blessing to get a little bit of that back and to see what other people experience of your church too, you know, that this is what other people are getting. Yeah. It's, Yeah. It's been hard. It's been, I mean, we're certainly not done. I mean, we're hoping to get a match by the end of the year, maybe, um, because in Haiti, all the information comes into a central IBIS or clearinghouse, essentially, and they yeah. match you with a child. Um, but we might not get a match until next spring, um, and then it takes another nine months to bring our kid home. So um, we're two years in. Yeah. You know, you talk about... Um your, your bishop and your DSs and, and your pastors and colleagues reaching out and, and, you know, being, being Methodist, that's, that's what we are. That's that connectional, the beauty of that connectional system. That's what we should be doing. Yes. Uh, and what a perfect example of that working. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that we, I mean, you know, we easily get bogged down. I mean, we're preparing to go to annual conference next week and we, we get bogged down with the, the kind of negativity or whatever. But um, I mean, we've definitely seen through this process, um, you know, more of that, that positive, oh, this is, this is the best of what the UMC has. It is by no means yeah. perfect. You know, there are broken spots and nobody's going to say that there aren't, but, but when, when people come together, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, I, I remember getting that email, uh, the week before Easter and I was helping out with the, the local high school team. And I, I showed one of the coaches, I was like, Oh, I, I think something real bad's happening with the adoption. The week before and, Christmas. Yeah. 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 And you know, it was one of our, our last weeks before last practices before. And, I mean, he had no idea how to, he was kind of like, Oh, you know, I think that, but then going to some of my clergy colleagues afterwards and they're like, Oh, we, we, we get it. We know, you know, I mean, there's, there's this kind of immediate community that you can reach out to and it's, it's that's a comforting thing knowing that like when you are at your worst day there's some little glimmer you know um and it can be happenstance or it can be you know just i mean that's that's kind of god god moving you mm-hmm. know is what we're we're seeing and so yeah it's been a blessing to to have that connectional system and that was one of the reasons why i reached out to you all cuz um when i saw that happening like my heart broke i was just like Oh, they, they'd worked so hard uh, to try to get to this point. And I mean, I remember walking to my church on Sunday morning and like, we got to pray for my, these friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know them. You'll probably never meet them, but we need to pray for them. Um, and, and then as we've been kind of doing this bearded theologian thing, I was like, Hey, we can share their story. And, and, and cause part of our whole deal with this is to um, share some good things that are going on in the world. 
um, cause the internet is a great place of sharing bad things, but you know, we yeah. want it to be a place of, of light and, um, y'all story and, and your perseverance through, through this time, uh, is a great story, uh, to share. And that was like, well, we can have them on the podcast and yeah. have them share their story. And, you know, one of the things I would, you know, that, that comes is like, how can we help you all, um, at, at where you're at and, you know, with some things that we can do, uh, to, to support you all in whatever way possible. What are some ways we can do that? I, prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, one of the big things for us is, is that prayer piece um, because it really, it really has, has made a difference is mm-hmm. making a difference. Um, and, and just those reminders, I mean, kind of, you know, Katie's got, Katie's got on a shirt that, that we've, we've made um, for, for our adoption that just this kind of this, this kind of mentality of, of being the good. And mm-hmm. when we hear stories of people, um, just kind of, kind of spreading that, that grace, that love around. I mean, those are, those are powerful stories, you know? Um, and, and they're just those, those glimmers that, you know, I, I just remember, uh, one time when we were, when we were having a really tough go of it, when we were, you know, it was, there were some confirmation emails that like, yeah, the, the money that you guys raised is, is frozen and you're, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna even be able to get it back or ask for it before, you know, before the FBI and everybody's kind of done their investigation. I was, I was pissed, you know? Um, and, and I looked up and we've, we've made like little bumper sticker, little magnets and things like that too. And like, I have no idea whose car it was, but there was one of our magnets, like, you know, across the parking lot. And I was just like, ah, I mean, it's that, it's that community thing, you know? Um, it's that that way of recognizing that that there you know that there are people that are are really journeying along with us has mm-hmm. been has been that motivator in so many places and ways. So, and I think being an advocate, I mean, one of the things that I think this has really taught me is that the church is supposed to be an advocate for foster care and adoption, and we really aren't, you know, and and that starts on Sunday morning when we're welcoming people to church, you know, and it starts with our language, how we're talking in church about family and what families look like and how families um, come into being. And, and so, you know, I think, um, I I think that that's something that we have to be more aware of as the church is um, what can we do for orphans? What, what can we do for families who look a little bit different or um, have come or formed a little bit different? We have a great family in our congregation who um, is in the, is in the foster care system and their foster care parents. And it's, it's so hard, you know, it is such a hard process for them. And, and will they ever be able to adopt these children? We don't know, you know, but right here and now they are their children. And so, you know, when, when we start to label them as something different or when people at church claim them as something different, you know, it just, it diminishes what they, what they are right now. And, um, so we're, we're learning a lot of, I mean, and we're certainly not finished learning, but we're learning a lot about how we can use positive language for families, um, and, and be advocates for, for foster care and for adoption. I mean, there are so many children in our communities who need love and kindness and, um, our, our church should be the place where that happens, you yeah. know? Yeah. For sure. I mean, <laughs> it's always that awkward little pause. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, but you're, you're absolutely right. The, the church should be that place to advocate for, for families, for, for people who, um, who are fostering, who are adopting, who, families who look different uh, in whatever manner that may be. Um, that should start. That should start with us, uh, with, with, with clergy, with pastors, with uh, church families. Um, no matter who walks through the door, we should be able to hopefully try to identify with that, uh, with them and, and where they are in life and, and speak to that. And um, yeah, it should start with us. Uh, you're absolutely right. So, so if you, and I, I love that y'all added that. You started with prayer. You know, here's how you can support us. Pray for us, please. Um, and that, that's huge. And, and I guess one way other than, you know, just being a, a, a place where people can come and be understood how do you, how, what's your advice on advocating? Uh, how do we, how do we do that? How does the general church or general people do that? What does that look like? I'll tell you the number one obstacle to, uh, to adoption we've experienced now is, um, is money. And so, you know, if more churches and more conferences, lots of businesses uh, give kickbacks to their employees, if they choose to adopt, they'll do a matching kind of thing with them. Uh, the United Methodist Church doesn't. That's kind of bizarre to me. Um, you know, just because we should be a place where if, if you know, the, the regular people down the street are that way, why isn't the church uh, a place where families are able to get a matching um, contribution for their, for their adoption? If the local hospital is, why isn't um, the church and and you know that's a really that's a really great way to do it and and you know there's all kinds of families in our community right now that are fundraising um, and so for us you know it's we I mean we're having a hard time making you know finding the funds but you know when somebody else is having a dinner we go and we bring people from from our church you know or um, there's a family who's done little jars for the pennies you know for pennies to go in and we have a jar you know and and all of our spare change is going to the Hamilton adoption you know it um, it's not a lot but it's what we can do to c contribute and um, and so I make that really clear at church you know they're, they're always willing you know put up a flyer on the bulletin board or share it with our email you know uh, because there's there's no you know really greater cause than than helping these children find homes and and find places where they feel love and safe and where they feel encouraged um, and so you know we really try to do that um, as as a church yeah and I I think that there's a a piece too that's that's really good about um, asking questions you know that that we need to be quick to ask questions and. And just like we're, you know, just like any other missional opportunity, whether it's, you know, going to going to Africa for a mission trip or going to, you know, the urban center of your city and interacting with folks that that you don't usually interact with, you've you've got to be quick to learn. And, you know, it's it's a different story for for everybody. You know, we've been we've talked to a number of different adoptive families, and their story, you know, is similar to ours. But but very different, and mm -hmm. so um, just just asking questions, you know, is sometimes the best way to learn how to be an advocate. Um, and then networking, you know, I, I know that some of our best advocates for you know as we've as we've started the process, as the process has gone well, and even when it's gotten hard, um, we've had a couple of people saying, "I have no idea, I have no idea what to do," but. Um, you know, so-and-so may, or I have a friend that you need to talk to. And that's been really helpful yeah. um, to kind of, to kind of have folks who have navigated before or who know, 
you know, even the, the stateside system through foster care, you know, how, how that works and, and connecting up with some of those resources um, so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel or you don't have to, you know, kind of blaze the, the trail on your own or as a, as a community, um, how you can support those agencies and people who do it really well um, so that it's not just, you know, a, a local congregation or a community saying, oh, we got we to gotta start something new. Just partner with people that do it awesome already. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our church uh, did some great work with the foster care system here um, and our local Girl Scout troop uh, through Together uh, We Rise. And they, you know, collected money for bags for the kids in foster care as they travel from one house to another. So they have their own suitcase that has their own toiletries and you know, and, and a teddy bear in it and a little note from our, um, from our kids telling them that we're praying for them. And I had no idea that was a need until, you know, we had this conversation with somebody who had been in foster care and said, oh no, I never had a suitcase. It was throw your stuff in a trash bag. You're going from one house to another. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. You know, I mean, and, and, and for 25 bucks, we can get them a suitcase. Um, you know, come on, you know, we can, we can do that as the church. And so, um, but it is, you don't even know what you need to do until right. you're willing to have those conversations. And um, sometimes it's just calling up the local offices in your town and saying, hey, what can we do to, to support, you know, the kids in foster care in our town today? What do they need? And one, one of the things they said to us was they need underwear, you know, and that's yeah. not a particularly fun thing to, to tell your congregation, you know, hey, can you bring in packs of kids underwear for us? I mean, that's a little strange. Um, but it was the need, and it was great yeah. that we were able to fill that fill that need in in a real way. But it's it's being willing to say, look, I don't know what you need, but tell me, and and we'll figure out how to how to do it. That's what the church should be doing. Yeah. Well, and I and I found that as a shock. Like, um, we have a food pantry in our church, and um, one of the things I started asking for is, hey, can we get some toilet paper? Right. Uh, and people are like, why? Is like, because toilet paper costs money, and a lot a of a lot of money. Uh, can't afford toilet paper and so they have other options that you and i don't necessarily want to experience and you know we want to alleviate suffering in whatever way we can and i think you hit the nail on the question and and maybe this is something that churches can rethink or kind of re you know go back and actually think about those that actually listen to the podcast is are you asking people questions about what can you do to help um or you know or do we just make assumptions because they fit in a certain category or they're in a certain you know deal like you know that they should be down this track when you know uh, chris you said it right it's like while it may be similar there's going to be some differences um and 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 maybe that's where you know we as a church can decide to you know i know we're in this big see all the people kind of deal why don't we just ask all the people yeah um, Yeah. and and ask where their hurts are or what you know how can we help you um you know, um, I think you guys have kind of inspired me. Um, my next appointment, there's a boys or it's a foster care home now. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Methodist thing, and um, the church in the in this uh, in the uh, place doesn't have really a good relationship. And so, I'm going to try to explore some ways that maybe we can maybe mend those fences that have been broken, but also, yeah. um, you know, just find some simple ways that we can connect in without having to, you know, like you know, kill ourselves to, to try to invest ourselves right. on one deal. Cause I mean, we all know we're all four pastors. Um, we get an idea and we focus so much energy on one thing and then everything else loses still, you know, where we could just do one simple thing. I mean, we do a communion offering on, um, on Sunday for our communion deal. And I, 
encourage people to, hey, when you're at the store, just grab an extra can. And when you come to the altar, just lay that can on the altar. And um, we last year, we were able to feed, I think it was like 200 people because of that extra offering. Mm. Nice. And so, you know, I think that whole deal of starting questions is key. And, and, and isn't that what we're really supposed to be about? I mean, you know, just as we, we, we don't have the answers, obviously, but, you know, uh, making those connections, asking those questions. Um, and that's why, like, when I, I said, when I reached out to you all, it was more like, I want to know how we can help you all get your story out there because you guys have such a you know, great story um, uh, to share that the world needs to hear because I think that you all are doing it right, even though things have not gone the way that you wanted to. Um, yeah. but, but you've done it in a way of grace that people can look at it and say, hey, maybe God is calling us. Um, yeah. and, and I know that that's been the, like my wife and I, we've had that conversation several times, you know, you know, is this something that we feel God leading us to? And after, you know, kind of prayer and discernment, we are like, no, um, but we have other, you know, there are other things that we are called to do together. Um, and you all have taken this on uh, and, and your children are invested in it too. Uh, oh yeah. And, and yeah. I, and I think that, you know, you as a family have agreed to do this. And I think that that's just, to me, that's a beautiful thing. Well, I don't know that for us, there's any other way of doing life. I mean, we do, you know, our, our hashtag is often, you know, ministry family style. Cause um, that's just the way we've always done life together is that, you know, we're, we're all in this, you know, we're all bishops, we're all in this uh, together. And, um, you know, but even today, we're here, and uh, Saturday, we have a big fundraiser. Next Saturday, they have a big fundraiser. Our community, um, the American Legion is putting on a big fundraiser for us. Um, I'm, I'm their chaplain there, and they're like, we want to help you. And um, that's just because so... Because when you see Katie, you think... Motorcycle chaplain. She is a motorcycle chaplain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am, on the side. I look great in leather. What are you talking about? Um, but I, I think... Um, you know, I think it's the authenticity of life that we've lived life together. And, you know, because, you know, I've shared life with them. They've shared life with me. They see this problem and they want to help us fix it. And so they're doing a big fundraiser for us uh, a week from Saturday. And um, our five-year-old's like, do I get to finally sell my lemonade for our brother yet? She's been wanting to sell lemonade oh for gosh. the whole time. Like we had, we had two feet of snow right. and she's like, well, the snow plow is coming out, man. It's time They'll to buy lemonade, you know, and they might've, she's so darn cute. Um, but you know, I, it is, it is a family effort and we've been really, I mean, there are parts of it, of course, that you can't explain to nine year olds and five year olds and, um, you know, and that's just life, but you know, they know what happened with the old agency. We've been praying for this as a family. Every time we've got paperwork to sign in, you know, to send in, we pray over it together as a family. Um, because, because that's the way, you know, we work. I mean, this is something that all of us are, are opening our hearts to. And we believe that this child, our son, is a gift from God. And um, we want him to know that we've been praying for him long before he ever sets foot in this house. Um, you know, we've, we've been praying for him and um, longing for him to come home. And, and that's true for his sisters, too. Just today, I tried to throw away some random toy. And they're like, no, we're saving that for our brother. Yeah, it was like a little T-Rex, like plastic molded thing that has all sharp oh. edges, you know, and Katie stepped on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a final straw when you step on and some the, random toy. The five-year-old said, no, we've got to save it for our brother because, you know, um, you've got you've to have those late night landmines that you can just set in front of mom's, you know, pathway to the, to wherever. Like Legos, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I guess. But, you know, like Matt said, we, we want, you know, one of the things we try to do with, with this podcast and, and everything that we're trying to do is, is, is one, let people have a glimpse into our lives and clergy lives and, and hear other people's stories and uh, know that we're all just real people. And um, especially with y'all's story, there's so many in the, so many people uh, around the world that are in the same boat as you who are feeling this call and, and maybe not, not knowing what to do with it. Uh, or maybe you've run into the same things that you guys have and, you know, got so far and lost the money and, and aren't getting it back. And, and what do you do? And y'all's story just has hope dripping mm -hmm. all, all over it. Uh, and, and so, like Matt said, we want to get that out there because um, it, it may be it may be what pushes somebody, you know, that family into going, yeah, we're going to do this. or Yeah, we can do this. Um, we, we trust we trust in God that, that, that this is what our calling is. Um, and so we. Like Matt said, we want to help get that out there because you, you do have a beautiful story. Um, we have a thanks blog. for sharing it with I us. I mean, we, we've, been follow, we've been trying to post. I mean, we're trying to be really transparent in this because that's our hope is that, um, you know, when we live our life, other people are impacted by that, um, as, not only as pastors, but as people of faith, um, you know. And so we have, a, we have a family, Bishop Family Adopts. Um, dot blog spot or something like that. Terrible, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but we have a blog that we... Uh, it's GeoCities. I don't think it's GeoCities. <laughs> You're a riot. Um, he's the technological one, and I'm the one who posts the blog. Uh, so you can tell it's it's not... But, you know, we just kind of share. And and honestly, my personal Facebook has be, has become like um, it, yeah. our our feelings and our thoughts for it. And um, we're really blessed because, because there are people who've gone before us that have shared up, you know, what, what it's like on the other side. Um, and, and that's full of its own challenges too, but um, you know, what, what that's like. And uh, we have to be prisoner. I mean, we're prisoners of hope, aren't we? I mean, we're holding I, on to it. Yeah. Because the other option is to, to not. Yeah. <laughs> That really sucks. And we believe in Jesus. So, you know, I mean, we believe in the resurrection and, and God's doing something great. It's just not a finished work yet. So it's a, yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, um, there's at the, at the national cathedral, one of my favorite things to do is, is to take young people, especially to, um, the national cathedral in DC. Um, but right in the center of one of those altar areas, um, there's a, a Celtic proverb that says thou art the journey and the journey's end. Um, which, you know, kind of, kind of identifies this, this process for us is that it's, it's not just the end result of, you know, the gotcha day where we bring our son home, but it's, it's leading up to it and knowing that, you know, not, not just the prayers, not just the, the fundraising, not just, but like this whole thing so that when, when that day comes where he is home, I mean, you know, it's, it's a we, we've been talking about how we're going to have to kind of temper, you know, the, the community that gets to see him because it's, it's a little bit overwhelming um, to be in this new place. And, but, but there's this just groundswell of people that, you know, along the journey, you know, have been with us and so much more it'll be, you know, when, when we find that journey's end and it'll be a good, good thing. It's a different type of delivery room. You know, we've talked, yeah. we've talked about that with our girls, you know, that it was just us. Well, with, with Bethany in the delivery room with the doctors and then with, um, uh, with Bethany, my mom was there too, cause there was some health issues, but you know, this, we've got a lot of people in the delivery room, you know, right now. And, um, a lot of people who are, who are, um, 
making this family possible for us, bringing this child for us, um, least of, you know, which is not his, his biological parents. And um, we're very thankful for every person who is along the part of this journey for us. Well, um, you know, we, we thank you for your story and your time. Um, I know um, as pastors and as, uh, as someone has young ones, it's, um, you know, trying to find the right time to do something like this is always difficult. Um, and so we thank you for giving up time to, to share your story um, with, with our listeners. Um, and so, you know, uh, if there's any way that we can help in any way, just let us know. We'd, we'd be glad to, to, to share. Or like if you, you know, if you guys do t-shirt sales again, let us know. We're all about yeah. pushing uh, we've got enough um, swag stuff to, that we love pushing that sort of thing. So nice. um, uh, we, we have no shame in our game. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, we want to thank you. And um, uh, so as we bring this to a close, um, you know, just go online, uh, look, uh, look up our stuff. We'll be sharing uh, their information, uh, how you can connect with them and their ways uh, to support them. But then also look into your own communities because um, there's someone like them in your own community. And so, um, you know, go on our website, look at our stuff, uh, buy a couple of coffee mugs because it helps us do this. Um, and um, so we thank you for your time. And uh, Zach, bring us so close. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, guys, thanks again for sharing your story. Um, we'll get the links to your blog spot and, and things like that. And anytime you guys share, like Matt said, we're shameless. We'll, we'll push anything. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we just want to help you guys get your story out there. And uh, so for all of you guys listening at home uh, or in the car, wherever you're going, um, look on our Facebook page for the links. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube. And uh, you can find all the links uh, within those uh, items. Um, guys, thanks again for, for sharing with us. Yeah, thank thanks you guys. Thanks for having us. Yep. Um, for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Zach Bechtold. And I'm Matt Freaks. Thanks for checking us out. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we hope that you share our content online uh, through Facebook and social media. And we hope that you check out our uh, Beardcast store at beardedtheologians.com and pick up some great Bearded Theologians gear. We hope you have a good day.